All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Surf and Sales podcast. We are here with Amrapreet Kalkat, CEO, founder of Humantic.ai. Good to have you here, man. Absolutely, Scott. Richard, it's it's absolute pleasure. I've, I've known you guys, spoken maybe a couple of times, but uh, being on the show with you, I'm pretty kicked today morning. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're in the Bay Area right now. Uh, are you there for fun? Are you there for work? And why aren't you staying at Richard's I'm, house? <laughs> I'm going to take a shot and say both, you know, because I don't know if you've seen what we guys were doing at Dreamforce last week. It was definitely fun and hopefully some work too. Yeah, so we, we, we had a good bit of uh, fun as well as uh, managed to do some work, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. So just for, um, and Scott, he doesn't stay here because you're you're you you own the suite so you didn't give him that's right yeah i did not i didn't sublet my room out next 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 time i'm spreading you know my two weeks here one week each with both of you so please don't throw me out yeah Yeah. scott's gonna start airbnb being my house i mean without telling me so you're gonna rent richard rooms in richard's house without telling him exactly so why don't you just for context you know let people know like what is it that you guys are doing over there? Um, just so have some context of what we're chatting, you know, where your frame of reference is coming from. Yeah, Richard. So let me share. I mean, I, I don't want to talk a lot about, you know, Humantic AI and uh, the product and the pitch, et cetera. But really, what are we trying to do? And uh, as always, the question is, why are we trying to do it? So what we see out there, uh, I've been selling myself, you know, for a bunch of years. This is my second SaaS startup. So what I see out there is that you know, sales has been uh, going a weird way, if I just want to you know, uh, use euphemistic, somewhat positive words. Uh, if I use strong words, I would say sales. Uh, the way I see it has been becoming uh, one part mechanical and maybe one part even spammy. It's just so easy to send out you know, thousands of emails today. It's just so easy to just you know, put on auto dialers and you know, make hundreds of phone calls. So our take on sales, especially B2B sales, is that we need to put the customer back in the middle again. We need to make sure that salespeople know their customers. So that's what we are all about. That's what Humantic AI, uh, for that matter, is all about. So we call it buyer intelligence. So knowing your buyers, basically, and humanizing selling that's what we talk about as, as our uh, mission. So that's our point of view about sales and about what's happening and about how it needs to happen. So in some ways, it's like going back to the basics. Um, you know, yeah. long time ago, it used to be like that. And uh, it's just kept on becoming uh, somewhat somewhat different and not not as much real. I think we, we need to become more real. That's what we need to do. Do you, feel, do you ever feel like you're fighting a losing battle? I enjoy fighting, you know, uh, battles that have low odds of winning. Like we'll not call it losing battles, but low odds of winning. So sometimes I, but sometimes I, I wonder. Like, I agree with you. I want to harken back to those days, but sometimes I feel like, was it Sisyphus? Sisyphus, who's rolling the boulder up the hill, and then every single day it rolls all the way back down, and you're stuck doing the same thing over and over and over. Like, do people really yeah. want? to go back to those days or is it just those people like us who are older who long for that and we're not adapting hmm. the right way that's that's a good one that's a good one for sure so i think let's let's call it back to the future you know uh, just to you know use a popular analogy 
So I think what, what that could mean, if we try to do the same thing again, I mean, it's 100% going to be trying to roll a boulder up a hill. You know, I don't think it's going to work. But if we try to do it differently, so um, I, I was speaking to someone about, I've worked with AI product for a while. So we're chatting about the role of AI and what AI could do. And our, our take even on AI is that AI doesn't necessarily have to make us, you know, what most people think it would, replace humans, take away jobs, and make us you know, more robotic. We, we think if done the right way, it can actually be put to really, really good use, ethically, morally, financially, all of that. And that's maybe how we see the world. Um, I'm a very big believer in the good and the power of AI. So AI as an assistant to people so that it's actually making those things easy. So if you ask people to do those things manually, people got a gazillion things going on, you know, no one's really gonna do those things. But what if we can make it easy? What if we can make it easy for Amarpreet to know Scott or Richard? What if we can make it easy for me to know what moves you, what motivates you? If you were, let us say a buyer to whom I was trying to sell something, uh, what would be those trigger points, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So fundamentally, can I get to know you without me having to spend hours, um, you know, let us say researching you up or trying to just understand you? That, that I think can help us um, kind of create a world or at least give us not, not completely, you know, shitty, you know, odds of uh, building or bringing that back but doing it in a different way, you know, doing it in a much, much easier, uh, in a much more doable way, rather than in a way which people are never going to go back. People never go back. Everyone likes to move forward. Yeah, do you think, um, I often wonder this, and I think this is, there's still this gap. And I think there's always been this gap. The gap isn't the technology. The gap is teaching people how to use it, right? Like, you know, whether it's, you know, the outreaches of the world and, um, and tools like that, that we think that the, you know, we think it's a magic pill right? and it's not, there's still this other piece. We still have that, to force people to change their behavior. Right. Cause it does. In fact, all it does is it forces them to just do something different, not to actually engage it, which is one of the things I like about what you're doing, because it, you know, anytime someone says they're trying to humanize the sales process or rehumanize it, um, I, I'm a big fan of. I think the question, though, is for, for you, Amarpreet, is how do we teach the reps to do that? How, so here's all this information. Now here's right. how you use it. Right. At a human to human level, not here's yeah. how you use the machine to make you look like a human when you're not. Right. Right. So I, I would say that two, two parts to it. Uh, really, Richard. One part is more than trying to teach reps how to use it. It's probably more important to teach them why this is important. So yeah. that's the first. That's the first part. We'll come to the second one. But if we can teach them why this is important and why this is going to help them, ultimately everyone you know looks for a benefit, and why it is also going to help their customers. If we can really hammer home that point with, with most people, or at least some people, people would you know, make an effort to adopt technology uh, better. That's the first part. 
but then I, I also look at it from a technologist lens and I would rather, um, you know, put the onus on us, the builders of technology. I don't think technologies, tools, solutions today are being built as well as they should be. So that's, that's probably uh, coming from someone who builds technology, uh, you know, uh, that, that sounds like a heavy, uh, you know, statement. But uh, for example, I've, for a long, long time, I've spoken about intelligent software. So if you go to my LinkedIn, it says making software intelligent, something, something. So that's been kind of my jam, you know, for, for too long, you know, uh, uh, longer than <laughs> I think I remember. So I think the tools today, they, they're just not being built in an intelligent manner. You know, you, you still have to, it's just too much work for people. Now, I'll give you an example that, that is brings- the tool, Hold on. Is the tool too much work or is it the connecting the dots in a human way from, the, from what I know about my product, going into the tool and then yeah. taking that information and what I know about my seller or my buyer and then humanize it? Like, you know, what's the hard part? Because I don't think it's the tool. I think even the tools can be a lot better. The tools, I'll give you an example. So it takes us back to how we are trying to build humantic AI. But uh, let me start by giving you a, a number. You know, what's our ease of use rating on G2 for humantic? No clue. Didn't do any, I didn't do any research. It makes okay. it more fun. A rhetorical statement. It's I didn't even know there was such a category on G2 <laughs> no, no, there's, there's ease of use. use. It does ease of use, ease of setup, quality of support. There's a few parameters, but it's 10 on 10. Like I said, well, I would hope it's 10 on 10 since this is your <laughs> passion. Thing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why that is so. And see, I, I think just the fact if we ask reps to open one more tab and go and enter data in one more tool, it's not happening. It's just not happening. So our approach is fundamentally don't bring the rep to the tool take the tool to the rep. Now, what do I mean by that? So I mean by that, where are reps spending their time? The BDRs are spending 80% of their time in outreach and sales loft and whatnot. We integrate deeply into that, right from the place you write an email, all the insights are right there, right there. And you know where you're making a call right there. We integrate with, let us say something like a calendar, 10 minutes before your meeting, you get a notification saying, hey, you're meeting Scott and Richard, here are their profiles. You don't have to go look for it. You could be running from one meeting to another. Ditto for Salesforce, ditto you know, for email clients, ditto for you know, Slack, et cetera. So we are putting those insights where the reps are. We've, we've been building recently, if someone was to try Humantic now, um, like what we call some interventions, in terms of prodding people to use the right insights at the right time. So a lot of the tools, they just say, hey, I have built the workflow, you come to me, and then this is how you can do this. I'm saying, let's take the tool to the reps. Let's not ask them to change their behavior. They've got enough on their hands you know, already. Let them do, if they're in LinkedIn sales navigator, let them stay there. But can we, can we help them be more effective right within that flow? So that's kind of a mindset difference, I think is important. I call it intelligent software. It knows what to say when, when to prod a user, when to kind of step back. Yeah. I think product managers need to build it, you know, with, with that mindset, technology adoption will improve substantially. Yeah. Let's pivot for a second and talk a little bit about 
but put your founder hat here on. Talk about some of the struggles of finding product market fit, going to market motion, landing some of the first sales. Can you talk about that journey a little bit? Do we have around 10 hours to cover all of that? <laughs> <laughs> One step Summarize. at a time. Summarize in a 60 to 90 second soundbite for me. <laughs> all right. So like I said- Glasses this, this came is, off. He's getting serious. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> so this is, as I said, this is my second SaaS startup. My startup journey is you know, more than 10 years old now. Uh, that was a different product, but in some ways it's a continuation. You know, we've continued doing continuation. We've continued doing what we were doing there. Uh, Humantic actually started as a feature in my last product that was called Frol AI. That was like consumer intelligence for brands and B2C marketing teams. So it started as an initiative to understand consumer behavior uh, deeply because we've always believed that it's all about really understanding your users, consumers or customers, whatever we call that. And then as we were beginning to use that ourselves more and more. So that's when Humantic as it is today came about. Uh, if you look deeper, we actually took our first shot around 2018, 19. We tried to build it for hiring. It was called Deep Sense back then, you know. So we tried to build some. It was a basic version, but so you've been trying. You've been trying to get the product to market in yes. different in different iterations for a few years. Oh now. yeah. Oh so yes. What, it's yes. Yeah. That's so what I mean. made you? What was the piece that made you go? This is the theme I'm hearing. We're trying to make it as part of this. We're trying to make it as a part of that. When was the moment where you're like, it doesn't need to be a part of anything per se? You know, it's like it needs to be. It's is the way I'm interpreting everything. It's standalone piece, right? Where it's not a subset. Where because you can connect everything to be a part of it. Or is that what you mean by being a part of it? Like th those were just your early people to help you figure that piece out. So I think that was when we started it as a piece in a kind of uh, in a bigger puzzle. Um, we we didn't have a lot of thought <clears throat> around what it could become. So. Like I said, for a long, long time, uh, my philosophy has been about around, you know, how software can become intelligent so that it becomes very intuitive. And uh, over time, it's evolved a little bit. Like I said, um, how can we help people know each other better? Now, funny thing was, that's a little horizontal use case. You yep. can apply it to many scenarios. But hold on, so hold on. This is, this is yeah. A, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I want to shift this away from that, though. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think this question from Scott was, so you got to that point, but then you had to like go figure out finding the right customers, that early stage yeah. stuff that really takes you to, okay, what's my, beyond that strategy side of things, where's my blueprint to go to market? Like, what did that look like for you as you were trying to- So the first trigger point was really COVID 2020 because the hiring thing just fell off a cliff one fine day and, um, you know, we said, hey, sales was always building it for salespeople was always part of the plan. And we just accelerated that. So this when is really good. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden you got this new idea and you got to go to market during COVID when yeah. everybody's got COVID brain going on. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. Like it's a scary time, right? Particularly then. How did you break through to get to product market fit then? Because that's, was that, in some ways, was that easier? Because everybody was 
you know, more accessible. It was actually easy. <laughs> it was actually easy. And because selling had gone, I would say from being three-dimensional in-person to two-dimensional on Zoom calls. And people, yeah, people, salespeople who were used to selling in through that person-to-person, -person, you know, real live motion, for them, when we launched, and we didn't know if this was going to work, when we launched mid of 2020, kind of the beta version, people just started buying it. And we were like, whoa, whoa hold on, there's something happening here. And so by, what were they buying, though? Like, what was the signal from them that you were like, oh, now we're on to something? So we just launched like our Chrome extension. That's it. That's what we launched the middle, I think, July 2020. We launched the Chrome extension. We had a free trial. And at the end of the trial, we but what were they? But what were they buying? Like, what made, what was this? I understand the trigger point. Yeah, but yeah. what was the, what was their satiation piece? Like, what was making them really satisfied to go do this and to like it? I think, like I said, it was before before COVID, I could meet you, we could sit down, I get to know you a little better, we get a chance to connect and bond. And now suddenly we are just on a Zoom call. So those who were used to doing selling that way, they that need to know the customer better, saying, who's this person? What can I do? What can I say? I'm not getting a sense the way I used to get it earlier. That that was the trigger. That was the trigger for a lot of those users. Got it. And yeah. Got it. What about what the what about the people who are were and even still are slow to adapt and adjust to that world? Or the people now who are <clears throat> like, oh, everybody should go back to the office now. Everybody should meet face to face now. I don't need this kind of intelligence anymore. How do you like? Is that part of the challenge of what would be your go-to-market? You know, today yeah. I'm thinking through. This is how yeah. my brain works. I always just think through like, what is some dope on the phone going to say to me to tell me why my idea sucks? Yeah, that's what I'm doing yeah. right right now. I'm playing the dope. Yep. So I, it's definitely happening with some people. So you're right on that, Scott. So with some people, that's definitely happening. But what we have discovered, and it's it's given us around one year, right? While, while things have been going well, because people people love the product. You know, uh, if you go take a look at our LinkedIn, etc., you just absolutely love the product. I would say we've discovered kind of a segment out there for whom this is critical. And well, what is that segment? If you say a lot of our users who really, really not just find the product to be cool because we're definitely cool and everyone says it's cool, but actually useful and very useful are people who sell large value deals. And a lot of those work at mid-market, you know, large mid-market or even enterprise companies. So because they are used to doing lead research and trying to know the customer, they spend hours. And when they see Humantic, that we have discovered now they go like, oh shit, this is good. This is so good. So versus, I yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, versus let us say a small B2B SaaS company, right? Where a lot of us, for example, you know, spend our time in general. They see it and for them it could be like, oh, this is very cool. But because they're not habituated about really trying to know their customer, they sell small 5K, 10K CV deals for them. So we've discovered that segment through this motion. So some people not valuing it as much is not hurting us. In fact, it's, it's working extremely well that there are people for whom this is like, oh, this is this is real. So here's my next one, because I, you know, I agree with you. I love the Chrome extension. I love the free trial, right? It, 
you know, it's the green eggs and ham thing. You don't have to buy it. Just try it. You know, Scott, generally speaking, I don't know, maybe he's changed his tune. Generally, generally speaking, I still feel this way. Generally, generally speaking, Scott hates the idea of a free trial. Yeah. Okay. You like what I have. Go for it. Now, that being said, particularly, I mean, I like it all the time, but I'm curious, free trial, like what do you think that that's what it takes for something to get the traction? And then I think the other, there might be a subset question of that is for what y'all do, did you build it to give it free for the sales rep first before you tried to go to management to create some level of a groundswell? Is that who the free trial was for? Was it for me, the individual contributor? You know the game, Richard. <laughs> but Scott, why do you hit the free trials? I'm curious to know myself. Oh, something's not up with your mic, buddy. You're not on mute. Richard. There you go. A lot of it has to do with, I think, the impact that it has on salespeople. And it defaults salespeople to what Richard said, which was the, oh, you don't have to buy this. Just try it. And so that causes people to not sell the right way. It causes people to not spend enough time digging in, finding pain, going through discovery, building any value, trying to create any urgency whatsoever. So yeah, but, but Scott, say, if you're trying to build inbound, right? Like I agree. Like, well, I'm not talking about inbound, Richard. He asked me why I don't like free trials. So I'm just yeah, telling you I don't like free trials <laughs> because they make bad reps worse is, is one way. And then there's the other part is how are you going to ensure that the people who got the free trial are actually successful? How do they get, just because you give it to somebody doesn't mean that they actually use the damn thing. And then when they do use it, are they actually successful with it? And most people do not have a tight onboarding and kind of user experience, customer success process, especially these early stage companies. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people neglect that part. So what happens is Amarpreet, I sell him a free trial. He goes, he clicks around four times. He can't find the thing he's looking for. He says, fuck this, this product sucks. And he never buys it again. And I never hear from him again. That happens all the time. So generally, this is why I have an aversion to it. All of those problems are solvable though. I repeat, you have two minutes to respond. (laughs) (laughs) I, I... What Scott's saying, I, I hear it, and uh, there's a fair point there. I, and I think Scott, you answered it at the very end. But there is a good way to do it. So that that's what it is. I think, yeah, yeah you know, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, it's really God's in the details, you know, so to speak. So it comes down to how you do it. Also, very important for us to keep in mind what what is our product. And what is the right motion for it? So for us, that, that is a valid trade-off, Scott. So on one side, we we are a need that 80% don't even feel. Let me say that we are a latent need. We essentially, people don't even know that it's possible to know your customer in this productive AI personality and whatnot kind of a manner. So they don't know that this is a need or a pain that they have. So you know we can't really keep waiting. Hence, the trials make a lot of sense. But on the other side, you're right. I think around one third of our users, they just see one or two profiles and they never, you know, use it further, which is which is just a waste, complete waste. So yeah, that also gives you, doesn't that give you some, and again, I think this is part of that go-to market piece, right? Because 
Now, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, look at all these people who aren't using us. Let's go put our attention there. And now all of a sudden you're, you, you've shifted your attention, right? Which I think a lot of people will do in an early stage startup, right? And maybe at a third, it's worthy of your attention, but does that change your product roadmap? Or is it like, oh, I hate that, but we still got to go do this part, right? Because I think this is where I think a lot of founders struggle, uh, particularly earlier, you know, you, you've been through the, you know, this is not your first rodeo, right? You've been around the block a few times yeah. and you have this ability to focus. How do you determine early stage, go to market fit? Hey, this part's working. This part isn't, but it's not necessarily part of our roadmap. How do I make sure I don't get distracted? It changes your roadmap. It changes your GTM motion. I, I would rather say you should design it with those points in mind. So for us now, so two points, Richard, what, what you said earlier, yes, the free trial for us is that users come and try. When we get two, three reps from a company using our product, loving our product, that's when we go to talk to management. And Scott, at that point, we go deep full discovery, pain, what's driving everything, yeah. you know? So at an org level, we, I call our motion people, you know, PLG is fancy these days. So, uh, you know, we don't call it a PLG led motion, but we say we are a PLG assisted motion. Our primary motion is Scott, what you said, you know, when we speak to leaders, first understand, do the discovery very, very well. But the PLG stuff is sort of taking us in because there are some early adopters, that's one. Number two, I spoke about the one-third who never use it properly, but there's also a one-third who use it very, very well. At this point, we focus on the believers. We focus on those who are already aware. We don't focus on converting the cynics and the skeptics, you know, the, the non-believers. Yeah, yeah. So that's step one. And once we, you know, that becomes our leading edge of the sphere. Once we are in, then we can do rest of the work, you know, to essentially, uh, you know, push the whole elephant in, you know, so to speak, work with the leadership and management. So we combine that, I would hope, in a very judicious manner. I, I don't know how judiciously it is working, but I, I think we do it quite well, actually, uh, if you ask me. A combination of the bottom-up approach, uh, which is, you know, which is not very um, specific, you know, in terms of establishing needs, pains, and whatnot, and a sort of a top down, if you will, which is really detailed and goes into the weeds. So I gotta, I'm gonna flip this to Scott, and Scott, we're gonna give you a shameless plug because I want to see something. What's the name <laughs> of your new thing that you put out? The new um... ah, just just uh, is out right now today. It's called the Untethered Blueprint. Right. So and it's and it's and it's an online course and it's paid. Scott, would you ever consider? Maybe you do. I haven't looked at the site. I know you sent it to me earlier, so. Would you ever give someone like the first chapter or two free to suck them in in a no. trial? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. No. But would you? No. No, I, like, would you? Would you do it? And it's a different thing than a software. It's not a SaaS platform, right? Like, so it's a totally. It's a little bit more B two C than it is B two B per se. Well, I, I don't. No, no, I don't think that I would. Should you do it? Well, that might be a different. That might be a different question. I mean, right. a different question altogether. Scott, Scott knows my answer. I'm coming down there next week, and so I'm going to kick him in the butt till he does it. But you know, yeah. um, I mean, maybe, maybe I, sh maybe I should. It's a good test, though. What would be the? It would be a good test. It would be a good test. But Scott's Probably. also not the tech guy to go make that happen. So it's not quite like flipping the switch, and he may not want to 
go down. Yeah, yeah I, I, that would require like a lot of phone calls probably on my part. I would say if, see, if it's a very new thing, I would probably, you know, should. If it's like, you know, pretty well understood, um, then maybe not. Uh, but then again, uh, I think, different. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's a little bit different, though. Like you, some companies are coming from a place of nothing, no awareness, no company yes. brand, no personal right. brand, no chatter, even about the problem or anything like that. For me, for what I'm doing and, and just released, I don't have any of those challenges. At least yeah. I don't think so. Yes. Like, yeah, I have a brand already. I have talked about, and lots of people talk about this particular topic. So it's not, it's not something that's just like totally new. There's a certain level of awareness there already, right? So people think, oh, well, I know who this person is and I know what he's all about. I, I, I would like to know more about this topic. I know it's a big deal. So, so now here's, here's the next thing. And then we'll, I know we've got to shift back, but I think this is a really interesting product market growth fit. Um, you're right, Scott, like you do have this brand, you do have that to become sustainable, right? If you were and not to necessarily go all in, because I know you're all about multiple levels, multiple streams of income. There's a whole bunch more people who actually don't know who you are than do. Yes. You just have a very nice, you have a great brand and you have a lot of people who do know who you are. So then the question becomes, how do you start to reach those people? Well, that's fair. What I do is I call Amrapreet and say, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this i'm on so, um, let, let's shift this back we, we're actually kind of running up on time um want to give a quick shout out to our uh sponsors of MedRep, meeting sendoso and scratchpad for always supporting us um always supporting the surfing sales uh, event which we actually have a couple of spots left in november i'm a pre what are you doing the week of uh november 10th you're going to come to costa rica and Go do some surfing sales with us. It's tempting. Um, I, I need to see my odds with the wife, you know. So am I gonna be thrown out of home, or will I still be let back? I think that's that's probably gonna be the deciding factor. Yeah, I've been sitting here for almost a month really? now, and uh, by the way, I missed my wife's birthday. I missed my own birthday, you know, during this whole thing. So I'm on mm -hmm. I'm on thin thin ice. Yeah, he's on thin ice, ice already. Right. Yeah. So so what's one more thing then? <laughs> how can uh, we uh how can we be helpful to you man any yeah. questions for us i think while i have you here i would simply you know flip that basic uh, question back at you what i spoke about the need to truly know your buyers understand what they need but also understand how they think how, how do you know both of you are super accomplished when it comes to selling how do you feel about it what do you think is is a real pain out there versus probably just, you know, something that is superficial. Well, I, I think, I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I would love to, let's say Richard is my prospect. Okay. I would love to have information. I would love to have information that told me, do I get a free trial? <laughs> that told me that this guy is super snarky, right? Is quick to like temper or whatever, right? I want to know all these things. I want yeah. information that's like, this is what this guy writes about. Here's how he talks when he's interviewed, right? Here's how he writes. Here's how he thinks. Here's the subjects that appear interesting. I would love to know all that kind of stuff yeah. ahead, of, ahead of time, right? And I think if I was on the other end and I was being sold to, 
I think, and I could be wrong, I think that I would rather people knew that about me. Like, I don't like it when people message me and try to sell me something. And I feel like, Jesus, you don't know me literally at all. Like that drives me nuts. But yeah. if you came through and were like, and you were like, listen, Scott, and you could point exactly to like who I am, how I think, how I make decisions and whatnot, and you could tailor your approach. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. And I, and I think we went through this phase of like, volume was king years and years ago. Yeah. And then everybody talks, everybody talks about personalization for a while, right? Well, then personalization at scale. And now everybody talks about relevance. Is this thing relevant? Well, what's the next frontier after that? So I still think, so I'll, I'll answer. And that's you. where I think this could head. Go ahead, yeah. Richard. And I agree. Like, I think um, I love this stuff, right? And you know, to the same point, I'd love to know that Scott is uh, massively frustrated about even just turning on a light switch. Yes. Um, and he also <laughs> doesn't want the app because it's too hard to download and register by using this Google login. Yes. Um, but understanding that, that that means I need to understand that if you can make it simple for Scott and easy, which I think it should be for everybody, right? Like, it's right. like how do I make this simple and in a meaningful way other than, hey, Scott, I know you like to surf, um, which used to work for him a couple of years ago. Now it's just annoying to him, you know? Um, and I think that's the piece, like, oh, just because that's what it is, now I want to know that it's annoying. And I don't know that you can ever get that piece, like, because that's, Scott would have to talk. I think you can't, you can't, you can, if, if there was something out there that was like, pulling in the different interviews I gave, the, the content I was writing. You could tell a shift, I think. That's probably if had, true. If you had yeah. enough information, you could point to be like, okay, uh, in June of 2021, there was a shift in Richard's tone when he spoke about XYZ topic. Right. So what so caused to, that and why? So that would be amazing. That point, yeah. So, and again, I'm repeating, I think this might be self-serving and I'm okay with it is that I'm all about teaching the reps how to do these things. And yeah. I agree with you why they need to do it. Like they yeah. need to understand why stuff works before you just tell them to do it. Yeah. So I buy into that whole human nature piece. And I feel like that's, that to me is almost always the biggest gap between what leadership desires and their expectations and the actual right. execution of the reps and leadership. When I say it to them, get it, right. but they also don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like the, the simple phrase is, you know, and I was one of these people hey, you know, they're not rejecting you, Richard, they're rejecting the product or service, right? Yeah. And in reality, that's not true. They're rejecting me. They're telling me, I do not want to talk to you, Richard, about yeah. your product or service. Yeah. And so in this, that human nature piece matters. And I think the piece you're bringing in says, well, yeah. now you should, now you could expect that. And if you yeah. expect that, here's a suggestion of how to reframe that to do it. And so it's that teaching piece that that matters most um and it's a big shift because it's it's emotional in my mind like i'm i don't even it's, know this yeah. is my latest book that i'm reading is the the laws of human nature which is uh different than the 48 laws of power but the same guy and um it's fascinating to me oh like, that's uh, that's that's so right so we we have an advisor uh, you know his name is barry barry Silverwine. so barry keeps saying and i believe that thing that See, ultimately, the decisions that we make are almost always emotional. We just justify them, you know, with reason and with logic. See, when someone 
you know, you're the SDR writing out these emails. When someone responds to their email, they don't sit down and logically try to analyze if this is worth my time and all. You know, something clicks in that email. It appeals to you and you say, hey, tell me more. Yeah. yeah. So, and so, so many gazillion examples I keep seeing. See, by default, we end up being ourselves. It's just so natural, right? We can't we're help it. We're not rational. That's what this book talks about. Like we go in and we're like, well, we're not right. exactly, me, exactly. Yes. Let me go create yeah. these goals based on this, based on this. And we convince ourselves that we created a rational answer. Yes. And then yes. when it doesn't go well, we're like, yes. well, why the fuck did that happen? Let's blame the salespeople. It's their fault. So, anyway, um, I know I cut this, you off on that yeah. armor repeat. Sorry, I'll give you the yeah. last word and I'll set up and I'll let Scott close us out. Yeah, so uh, thank you. I appreciate uh, you know you you sharing your take. Uh, that's pretty much the way you know we see the world. So I'll, I think I'll uh, you know finish it with with an example. So we were recently buying a SOC two compliance product. Uh, you know we we kind of going a little bit upstream uh, market wise. So they need SOC two and GDPR and whatnot. Two companies, extremely similar products, which by the way is very common these days. You know products uh, they don't have a lot to differentiate from each other. So it really, I think it's a good it's a you know, it's the best and the worst of days for sellers because, they, you know, some people will just shine and some people will not. So two sellers, similar products, similar even pricing and whatnot. I'm getting on one call and the person says, hey, we will make sure that your product is secure and, you know, you have the best security, et cetera, et cetera. And now I, I care about a secure product and I care about, you know, making sure that we do things the right way. But guess what is driving our you know, decision to uh, fast track a SOC 2 compliance thing. It is because I have got three customers out there who are saying, I'll not initiate a pilot till you have SOC 2. The other rep probably, maybe, you know, he's seen my humanity profile, I hope, or just, you know, gets it right, luckily, comes in and says, Amarpreet, I'm going to make sure that you will never have another stalled pilot or you'll never lose another customer that's what we are here to do when you use my product. Now, guess who do I connect with? Who do I feel like, oh, this person, they get me. This is because right now the driver is the results. I'm a results-driven guy. Many founders are. So you need to understand me rather than selling from your point of view. So that's that's the last quick one um, um, you know, that happened very, very recently. And I was wondering, I said, if they've had Humantic, It'll just make it so easy, you know, for them to have better odds of closing that deal out rather than the other person. All right. Well, we appreciate you spending some time with us today, talking a lot about AI and buyer intelligence. Amarpreet, Kalkat, thanks for being with us. Humantic.ai, check them out. And uh, we'll see you all next time on the Surf and Sales Podcast. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Richard. Really appreciate this chat. Yes. Bye-bye.